Welcome back to Women's Wealth, The Middle Way, the show that answers your questions about work, money, and family. My name is Susan McGlory Michael, and I am the CEO and founder of Glen Eagle, a wealth management firm in New Jersey. Our guest today is Jeanette Bennett, a research mentor and educator. Jeanette is the Associate Professor at the University of North Carolina in Charlotte. She studies the effects of stress on our physical and mental health. Welcome, Jeanette. Thank you so much, Susan. I'm so glad to be here. Jeanette, could you take us on the journey and share with us some of your background and what led you to this and the focus on this really very uh, critical topic today? Definitely. So my story was not a straight path. I started off in my undergrad, actually in high school, thinking I wanted to be an MD and a physician. And my parents were really excited. They had five kids and I was one of the lighter ones. And they were like, yay, we're going to have a doctor. Well, you know, as you may have indicated that I have a doctor, but it's in uh, it's a PhD. So my path actually transitioned away from becoming an MD when I came across a topic called health psychology as an undergrad. And that was like, what? There's a whole field that studies what I actually care about, which is how does our daily life get into our bodies? And I think part of that happened, and I see it now with better hindsight. Like, I don't think I thought this when I was a 20-year-old. But what I started to realize in my life is that your early life experiences really do shape who you are. And I think one of the things I saw, I was one of five children as I mentioned, and I was on the younger half of the family. So there was a lot of stress. And my oldest sister was 13 years older than I was. So she was well into her teen years when I started. And those are just really difficult years of navigating life. And I was watching all of this happen as a young person observing. And I think I just realized how much stress is present. And I mean, clearly my family has a a high propensity towards anxiety. So I think I was just trying to understand myself, right, in my experience. So when I found this class on health psychology, and it was telling me all about how the things we do and um, how we behave influence our health, I was just like, this is starting to make sense to me. And it just started pulling on aspects of my life where I was like, I have siblings who have mental health conditions. I have siblings who have developed chronic physical conditions like lupus. So it was like, I was starting to just like, what is happening? What is it about us, right? So I decided not to go to medical school and my parents were very disappointed, but I double majored in biology and psychology and then kind of got diverted. I fell in love uh, with the love of my life and we got married, started a family, and then he sat me down. And he was like, listen, if you really want to go back to grad school to develop yourself beyond where you are, now is the time before we get used to two incomes. And I was like, okay. So that's what pushed me to do my journey towards so my PhDs in biobehavioral health. And it really allowed me to study how our body takes in our external world. And stress is one of those major ways in which we do that for lots of reasons. And that might be a whole nother series, but I continued to do my training and I got my PhD and then did my postdoc. So I started to get on a straight and narrow path. I'm now an associate professor, right? So it, it well, comes full circle, but I'm, I'm finally there. Everyone's like, you fi- you did it. I was like, thank you. <laughs> and your parents might have been disappointed in the beginning, but I know they weren't at the end because What a great gift you're giving back to us as a society. I think that this is a topic 
mental health that's not discussed enough and how does it affect our daily lives and our bodies. I recently read a book on the body doesn't lie and I think that is so true. For each of us listening, I think when you talk about your family and you talk about mental health within families and upbringings and childhood, I I can't imagine anyone that's not listening not being able to identify with that because the world is not perfect and we weren't created perfect. Can you explain to us, the novices maybe out there, that what is the difference between like acute acute and chronic stress? I know that we say, I'm so stressed. You hear that, how are you today? Oh, I'm so stressed. But what does that mean? And I know that many of us listening on this call have had traumatic things happen in their life, but how do you get through that? And when you talk about anxiety, I think it's not talked about enough. There's so many people I know that have anxiety issues and they're so real and they do affect their daily life. So maybe if you could just touch on that a little bit, that would help us. Yeah, yeah. So acute stress is a really any event that activates your body or mind. It seems so simple, but it is really what it can be boiled down to. So this could be a presentation that you're giving at work. This could be holding the PTO, being the chair of PTO and running that session for your kid's school. It could be having to deal with your boss because you missed a deadline. Any one of these kind of singular events is considered what a acute stress is. And then you mentioned trauma or traumatic or very stressful life events. So things like a car accident or what everybody's experiencing right now in the Ukraine, their life is disrupted and it's significant, right? So there's an immediate acute reaction to that, that your body basically floods it with hormones to help you meet the situation and deal with it. And that is one of those things that I think helped our ancestors when you look way back when we were much more nomadic and trying to survive the weather and having to move ourselves, right? Our ancestors were really good at that. They were quick to identify threat and figure out how to handle it and move forward and protect self and the group that you were part of. So we today still have that. And sometimes that can show up while you're driving your car, right? Where you have a stress response because somebody cut you off. These are all little ways in which there's an acute stress response. So how does that then become chronic or when does it become chronic is a really variable question. It's really based on the person, their skill set, their current bandwidth. And it's hard for us, like as much as I've done this research for so long, We still don't know when does the body go from this like well-adapted responding to the demands of our environment to this body that's saying, I can't do it as much as well anymore. And I'm going to start really showing signs of what when we think we say, I'm stressed, likely you're on the tip or you're on the verge of becoming chronically stressed or you're in a chronic stress situation and your body's starting to make these adjustments because it can't always be go, 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 go and burning energy. So when it flips over into this chronic state, it's saying, hey, I know you still need to keep going, but I can't. (laughs) So it starts to shift some things. And biologically speaking, what that does is it may end up priming you towards some type of chronic health condition. This is where the field is kind of stuck right now, is we know what a healthy body looks like, And we know what a body that has some type of dysregulation. So think of any chronic disease that you can think of, like type 2 diabetes or high blood pressure. These are basically the body's been chronically stressed and has switched over into a different functioning level that is 
able to allow the body to continue to function, but it's not necessarily a positive adaptation. And then you have this load then of now you've got this low-lying physical stressor on top of all the other psychological stress that you're going through. So does that help? Are there... It actually does because I think that so many of us do experience the acute symptoms and how we, we say, okay, I can do this. I can seek help or seek strength. But you're right. When it comes to the chronic part, I think uh, I, I know that for myself. I know for other people, you always fear that you're not going to, that's not going to happen. But you also need to learn how to adapt and get help and also mm-hmm. take care of the body so that you don't go to that. But that when that does happen or you see it within your families, your description is so helpful because I what I'm hearing is that chronic state, we need to seek help. We need to have skills. We need to have help, real professional help in, in, to journey through that so it doesn't become worse or we right. don't develop almost permanent detrimental type bodily reactions from it. Yes, 100%. And I think There are resources out there, and we know a lot of things that we can do, but it's often really hard to take what we know works and then actually to have people do it, right, and have people implement it. I think that's where if we can figure this out in this next century, we will be a healthier population, period, because we're going to figure out the value of our lives, which I think we all take for granted until the health disappears on some level, right? In some ways, you really touched upon that, and we've gone full circle, because when we started the conversation today, you talked about family and different families and our backgrounds, and I was just thinking, you know, if someone had a car accident, they could have the exact same car accident, and one person could handle it and say it's okay. Another person might go into the chronic only because we don't know what their background was. They might have been in a terrible car accident prior to that that they bring with them, so everyone is on a different journey, and we just don't know what the background is on that, that what might have created that to become chronic versus someone that can say, okay, I can handle this, I had the car accident. Or the same thing when you talk about the Ukraine, each of those individuals, it's heartbreaking and horrific to watch, but their backgrounds will come into play here on how they approach it and handle it, and also their circumstances of are they able to get the right facilities and help. So. The timing of this is, you know, I think helps people in just watching such a horrific type of event that happens in this world that that for some of us, it's the first time we've watched it. So I think that this is very timely. What we always do on our program is we ask the guests if they would give each of us some advice, and in your case, dealing with a lot of stress in our lives, maybe just one or three things that you found in your career that if we focus on might help us through that. Yeah, I'll give you two different groups of things that you can do. So one of the things that we know is when stress, when acute stress starts at work, let's anchor it here, but it really can be anywhere. One of the things we do is we often start to realize, okay, well, now we're under more stress, so we we have to work harder and longer. And then we start to eat away at either sleep or time with people that we care about. And Giving up both of those for a short period of time is not going to be the end all of your life or your physical health, but what is important to understand is that you can only do that for a short term. So if somebody out there is listening and is like, I have been sleep deprived for the last two years since the beginning of the pandemic, I would tell you that there's something 
that the individual has to do, and I know it's really hard to place it on the individual because usually they're one of the last people who actually has control over all of the stress that they have at work, but if they can start to carve out little things that help them be able to take back time for themselves, so whether that's with people that they care about or whether that is sleep. There's a word that's really hot right now. It's called self-care. And I do think it's really important to care for ourselves, but I feel like it's become so popularized that it almost now makes people feel guilty if they can't make time for it. And that's not what I'm trying to do. I want people to just take 15 minutes where they're not interacting with their phone, where they're interacting with family, just being present in the moment and trying to build on that. So if you start with five minutes and then Maybe start to increase it to 10 if you can or apply it to sleep. So like if your issue is you don't get your sleep. So I would say, all right, figure out how to start moving your bedtime up five minutes early, 10 minutes early, and just start to increase it just a little bit so that you get yourself to that between that seven and eight hour time window, which we know is really important. Sleep is so powerful for our bodies. It is so necessary for healing and getting us ready to take on the next day. So that's one thing. And then the other piece is if you're like, well, no, I sleep enough, but maybe it's where my friends, I don't connect with my friends or my family, then that's where you need to put your focus. Figure out how to start carving out just a little bit of time. It could be just a phone call to chat with somebody on your ride home, whatever kind of thing, just making that connection. So that's one piece. The other piece that I think is really important, and it just escaped me. Ah, where did it go? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? All the women women are smiling on this podcast because we've been there. You've been so helpful today in some ways because when you're talking about that and you're talking about sleep and you're talking about how we can, I think especially as women, we do say, I can do this, and then we burn out. And you're right. We can do it for six weeks, eight weeks, maybe two months. But after a while, we can't keep up that pace. Something, we are going to pay a price somewhere. And I can't agree with you more. And I think that people that are listening today will say, yep, they're right. And I think that's a maternal instinct in us. We're working, we're raising families, we're helping our children with their children, we're doing it all. And we say, we can do this, we can do this. And that's our first answer normally to it, to the, to this, the issue or the problem or the situation. It doesn't even have to be a problem, but we're, we can only sustain that so long. And I think today's tips from you have been so helpful in that. No, you have to find solutions to make sure that you are staying healthy. So that has been really helpful. So, and you, so thank you. Know you. What, you just talking reminded me of the other one. And let me just it's very close to what you were just saying. Yes. I was like, yay, she, it, it, helped, it happened. It, it got it coming. One of the things that wherever your stress so if it's work or if it's in family or if it's at the church or if it's at your kid's school, wherever it is, if you can take a moment and step back and remember the why behind why you're in this place, right? So if it's at work, why do I do the work I do? And if you can take a step back and really pause for a moment and find the reason, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be like life altering or some grandiose idea. But if you can remember the why and find that value, and many times it has to do with the people you work with. If you can find and recall that value and nurture that relationships with the people that you work with, that is going to make any stress or wherever it's coming from, work or in the family, it, if you can find the original value in it and recenter your mind there, 
that will help you manage the ongoing stress that is coming from that area. That is so beautiful. And what a way to summarize it because, Jeanette, I can tell you, we actually are 100% women-owned firm. And I, when I started the firm, I really wanted to be our mission and value statement, to be faith, family, and firm. And faith, not a religion, but something greater than ourselves. And family, because as many of us, were moms. And so family had to be center and core. But then firm last on purpose because we said if the first two weren't healthy, the other one wouldn't be. And when you were talking, I thought so many times, Decisions will come up within the firm, a hiring decision, a development decision, and we'll say, how does that fit into our core faith family firm? And a lot of times we answer our own question. And I think we can take that at work, we can take that at home, we can take that if we're in school, wherever. What is our core? What is our why? I love that. What is our why? And I think once we become at peace with that, I think that, that we can only grow and help each other. So I can't thank you enough for joining us today. You have been amazing and wonderful. And I think that those of us that are listening to this podcast today are, are appreciative of just reaffirming what we know, but also saying, hey, you know what, I've, I may have slipped a little. Let me get this back in line. So thank you, Jeanette. You're welcome. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. Thanks for tuning into today's episode of Women's Wealth, The Middle Way. Make sure to subscribe to us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast app. Join us for new episodes every other Wednesday. See you in two weeks.